Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that sounds like it's recording in the forest at night. Trip. <laughs> chirp, 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 chirp. It, it'll... It'll make sense in Russell, a minute when you Russell. hear Trip actually talking. <laughs> it's the noobs in the Hoovian. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. and these are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're the noobs. And this is the... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. You literally sounded like you were playing at 0.75x. This is the podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. So welcome to episode number 125, covering series 8, episode 10, In the Forest of the Night. This is the one where the Doctor and Clara save the day by doing absolutely nothing. I hate you. But well, are we gonna have that? Are we gonna have one of these conversations no, again? No, I mean, nobody did anything I mean, except for the fifteen things that they did. Anything. Oh, okay. No, if they, they literally did sat and oh, did nothing. Oh, okay. All right. Fine. They just didn't have to do anything. If they right. sat and did nothing, the solar flares would have been blocked. I guess. What? Okay, we can get into it. This is story <laughs> number two fifty one, originally airing October twenty fifth to six point two nine million viewers. Now, I, I, I seem to remember last week we said that we were a week behind. And then now it's a week ahead of us. So hmm. they must have had like a week off where they didn't they didn't have an episode on the 18th or something like yes. that. Because I think last week it was the 11th. And I was like, oh, we're about to catch up to ourselves. And then I was like, but we won't or something. Something like that happened. Anyways, uh, this one was written by Frank Cottrell Boyce and directed by Cherie Folkson. Now, uh, under miscellaneous trivia, the title uh, may sound familiar. First of all, I couldn't remember the title to save my life. I kept saying Into the Forest. There's an episode of Star Trek Discovery, which we are in the middle of, uh, actually just finished rewatching season one, right? Yeah. I think. And um, there's an episode called Into the Forest I Go that we were just about to watch as we were about to watch this episode. <laughs> so I kept calling it that, and it's actually In the Forest of the Night. And I had it so mixed up in my head that the show notes for a little while actually said Into the Forest of the Night. <laughs> the title, in fact, is... In, in the forest, in the forest of the night, which is a play off of a line from William Blake's poem "The Tiger." Have you guys covered this yet? No. Tiger, tiger, burning bright, or tiger no. is spelled wrong? Yeah, it's spelled with a Y. Okay. It's from like <laughs> 1794, I think. And so I don't know why it's spelled with a Y. A Y. I don't know if that's how tiger was spelled at the time. T Y G E R or if this was a stylistic choice, I'm not sure. Uh, but it says, Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night. What a mortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry. Um, and then there's, uh, uh, basically, it's just kind of a, uh, a poem about the tiger and how magnificent of a creature it is and whatnot. And so um, there were several people that, that picked up on that and some uh, some YouTube comments that I came across this week that were like, is this from that uh, that poem? Yes, it is, in fact. And then, interestingly enough, what did we get in the episode? Uh, a tiger. Oh, did right. There's a tiger. Oh, yeah. yeah I completely a tiger. Remember because we had the stupidest... Uh, what like Deus Ex Machina of. ever, where he just shined him in the face with a flashlight. Yeah. Um, Apparently that's enough to ward off big cats. I, they then, don't attack the thing making the light. They run away from and it. And then it just right. walked away slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just kind of like sculpted off. Not like mm. running or anything. All right, fine. I'll leave him alone. Uh, so yes. That, I that, won't that, eat him for dinner. <laughs> so In the Forest of the Night is a playoff of In the Forests of the Night. Uh, the from from that uh, very famous poem. I'm surprised you guys haven't studied it yet. You're, you're probably you probably just haven't gotten there yet. 
I'm wanting to say mm. it was maybe high school that I studied. I thought it was middle school, but maybe maybe not. Anyways, um, un, also under miscellaneous trivia, in the this this is example of eagle-eyed uh, viewers of the show. In the scene where you can see a bus kind of in the distance in the forest, do you guys remember this at all? Uh-huh. There were like little blips here and there where you saw like a light post or a bus or like a mailbox or, or a red phone booth, you know, that whole thing. So there's a scene where there's a bus visible in the forest. And if you pause and zoom and enhance, you'll see that on the side of the bus, that is presumably a London bus, there is an ad for series eight of Doctor <laughs> Who featuring 12 and Clara nice. plastered all over and the TARDIS plastered all over the side wow. of it. And it's one of those things where you would think, oh man, they were filming in London and it just so happened that a bus with an ad for their show drove by. But okay. they weren't filming in London. They were in a forest. Okay, so that's the thing. That was not a bus. Oh. It was a cardboard cutout <laughs> because getting a bus into the forest oh, would be yes. hard. Probably so it's literally impossible. a cardboard cutout. So they purposefully did this. That's they purposefully so made an in-universe reference to the television show Doctor Who. So, of course, there was all kinds of, of theories about, is this a parallel universe? Is this the parallel universe? Like we talked about mm-hmm. where, like, you know, Eleven meets Matt Smith <laughs> and recommends Peter Capaldi, you know, that whole thing. Uh, so <laughs> Did uh, they somehow just end up in a parallel universe and not actually realize it? And not it? know it, yeah. Um, and all the people are exactly the same? In well, except that, that, that the parallel universe, if that happened, the parallel universe that the Doctor landed in had Clara as Clara, yeah. not Jenna Louise Coleman, because she yeah. was there as a teacher of, of Cole Hill School. And how, you know. So at any rate, because she didn't arrive with him, in other words. Neither yeah. did Danny Pink, neither yeah. did the kids. So in other words, hmm. this is not a parallel universe. This is just a fun little Easter egg. Yeah. And it is, <clears throat> I, I will link up to it in the notes. If you head over to noobsinthehoobian.com, you can see a link to a random blog that I found <laughs> A blog post from 2014 wow. that has a has a screen cap of it and then has a zoomed in version of it. And uh, I mean, I had to look real hard uh, to, to even see it being told to look for it. So I don't know yeah. how anybody caught this at all, um, unless oh, it was something that was like on a DVD extra. It's or like those crazy <coughs> Easter eggs in video games where you're like, how did anyone ever did yeah. ever you come up? Yeah. Do the specific things and then you glitch through a wall somehow. Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, so th- under the cast, Maeve Arden was played by, by uh, Abigail Eames. Now, Maeve was, of course, the, the, the girl who could talk to the trees. And um, she was played by Abigail Eames. And the reason I mention her is that her sister, Daniela Eames, played the creepy spoon-headed girl on the stairs that uh-huh. uploaded Clara in the Bells of St. John. So you remember the so you remember Clara had a book and there was a little girl on the cover of the book and then all of a sudden that little girl was standing on the stairs mm. and then her head turned around and she was one of the spoonhead things. Yeah. Uh, that girl was Daniela Eames, sister of Abigail Eames that was huh. in this episode. So neat little neat little um, crossover, multiple doctors, but Clara met both of them. So she got hmm. to hang out with. Uh, it makes me wonder: Did Daniela like visit on set? And, like when Abigail was filming her episode, did Daniela visit and get to hang out with Clara again and hmm. all that kind of stuff? Or I guess Jenna probably doesn't go by Clara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Oh, hi, Clara. Yeah, yeah that's. Nice. I saw a headline the other day. For some reason, 
Jenna Louise Coleman is like hot in the news um, lately. I don't know if maybe she's got a movie coming out or something, but it referenced her in, and the headline referenced her in whatever movie she's in instead of Doctor Who. And it just completely threw me. You know, it was like so and so's Jenna Louise Coleman is, you know, out on the town, blah, 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 with her boyfriend. I don't know what it was. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, that's just, I can't, no, she's Clara. She's yeah. not anybody else. She's <laughs> Clara. Guys, Noobs in the Hoobian, uh, as well as being stuck in the past, is also brought to you by R5 Website Management. You get your world-class hosting, domain registration, you get security, all at a great price. As always, we've got a special deal just for Noobs in the Hoobian's listeners. Th- now listen, this is just for you guys. Don't you dare share this coupon code <laughs> with anyone who doesn't listen to the show, okay? They haven't right. earned it like you have, all right? <laughs> So whatever you do, don't tell your friends to go to store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code <laughs> no. at checkout because they're not allowed to save 15% off their entire order. Yeah. Do you hear me? All right. Yeah. I've put my foot down. Okay. The, the busy work has been done. Okay. All right. Chill out now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. I don't. It wasn't even the nighttime. So. For most of this episode. It was the forest of the night. It was, it was the forest that grew up overnight. Oh. That okay. was, yeah, oh, that what? was, that's the thing. It was oh, the forest of the night. A little strange, but yeah. Yeah. Which also, again, we always have to think on a global scale, only applies to half the planet. <laughs> yeah. For the other half of the planet, this forest grew up in the middle of the workday. And where were the newscasts about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know how when, when, when we watch TV and movies, it's always very American-centric? Yeah. You know, if the aliens land, they're going to land in, in uh, New in, York. Yeah, they're going to blow up New York. They're going to blow up uh, Washington, D.C. Specifically, all that they're going to hit Lady Liberty for yeah. no apparent reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, yeah. They're going to blow up the White House and or the Pentagon, and they're going to blow up, uh, you know, all the major uh, stuff in, Instead of in America. Billy and, Bob Joe's farm in, yeah. like, Meanwhile, in real nowhere. Life, they always hit down in, you know, middle of nowhere western america or the ocean in real life yeah okay uh <laughs> so we're talking about the real life now? stories the real alien stories of real life uh but what what's funny is watching doctor who we get to see what that's like for the rest of the world because in doctor who it's very uk slash euro centric because even when they were doing international broadcasts it wasn't america or south america it was very you know, it was that hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And um, so everybody was talking about how it grew up overnight in the middle of the night. And I'm like, what about all the American broadcasters that are like, it's happening now. Ah, oh my <laughs> it's <gosh>. happening. <laughs> so I, I did, I did <laughs> want to see all that, but at any rate, so we didn't get the name of the episode spoken in dialogue creature of the week. I guess the trees. So yeah, I guess is this no, another episode where we girl? don't have aliens? Uh, well, the, yeah. The little girl was kind of. She could maybe? just speak to trees. Well, she was a human. Oh, wait. The little she, floating thoughts. Those were also the trees. Um, Weren't they? I was confused they on were, that, but I think they were just the trees. They were just thoughts, apparently. So it's it's interesting. Last week we had unnamed creature of the week in the 
the flat line, you know, the, the 2D creatures coming into the 3D world oh, that the doctor then man. named the boneless. Remember, because yeah, mm-hmm. you wanted them to be named the spineless. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the doctor named them the boneless. But then here we have another unknown. By the way, this is two weeks in a row that the doctor mm. was faced with someone he, he had never encountered before. Which is really weird that he didn't know this about the trees of Earth. Yeah. Because he's like, mankind has a superpower of forgetting. They forgot about when this happened in the past. But apparently, it escaped his knowledge as well. You've just been like all over the universe, but you haven't seen this happen before? Well, I mean, I guess if it's only ever like cropped up in small bursts like this, like this is the second or third time it's ever yeah. happened. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like when we were talking about Kill the Moon. You know, it's a five-minute <laughs> yeah. event that happens every 500 million years or whatever <laughs> it was. Um, so, yeah, the creature of the week is, I don't know, the thoughts or the trees. We did talk about how the it is the trees of Earth that eventually became what Jabe was, right? The like sentient talking yeah, tree that hung out with yeah. the ninth doctor. Wasn't she a descendant of the trees of earth? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the, the Wikia pointed out that this is the second time we've had an episode where a child had like a telepathic communication with the trees. <gasps> and the other one was the, the doctor, the uh, wardrobe, the doctor, the widow in the wardrobe. So also based on a story. From a long oh hey Actually, yeah that one wasn't a long time ago but you know well, you get my point ish yeah so at any rate uh yeah uh the the trees and they had by the way that voice when it was talking through her oh did y'all notice how her voice yeah. was the, still there yeah well except uh, except and then she it was slowly like, faded like she she just like very high pitched yeah. monotone like uh-huh. not even like little girl voice. Like she went higher and just like, and it was kind of like laid under this deep booming voice. That was amazing. I love that effect. That was, that was really well done. Um, So yeah, something that, you know, seemed malevolent turned out to be absolutely the opposite. It was there to protect uh, humanity, to protect Mm -hmm. presumably not just humanity, but the earth. Because I, I guess it wasn't the trees just saving mankind. It was the trees saving all living things on earth. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. We assume they're okay. doing it for us, but that's our I did human-centric. Have, <laughs> that's idea. true. I did have one uh, little continuity problem. Uh, there was the wide shot of the Earth, like completely green and everything, which again made me go. So there's trees growing out of the ocean. What are it's we saying? Allergy. Uh, ooh, maybe that's what it was. Uh, <laughs> producing a bunch of extra oxygen. That would actually make sense. But then, like, there was the there was the image of like the solar flare. The solar flare hitting the earth like a dang blowtorch. Yeah. Yeah, no. Just not and, have solar flares. And for. in that shot, you could see it like burning off the excess oxygen, burning off the trees, right? Yeah. Then there was the scene where we're back like ground level looking and the trees turned Pew. into the little floaty thought things and and flickered away. So weird. And then it zoomed out and showed the green earth again and all of it flickered away and i was like wait a minute didn't we just burn all of that off yeah i thought that's what was no happening. i don't think the plants got burned they didn't if the plants got burned then we would all be dead we would yeah but i mean that's definitely what it looked like process. in the in that animation of the blow tor- torch on earth i don't so know so maybe i misunderstood also, maybe that was you just- see the sun and the moon in that wide shot or am i wrong about that or not the moon uh, the sun and the earth like no 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 it was just no, the solar okay. flare there were there was yeah. one shot with the sun throwing off a solar flare 
And then there was, was the shot like, of the Earth getting hit by the solar flare. The solar yeah. flare was so poorly done. It was like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was weird wow. because when they what? showed it from the sun side of things, it it looked like an actual solar flare where it was just like sort of this this burst that comes out. And then when it was hitting the earth, it was a blowtorch. Yeah. It was just like flames, which is not what a solar flare is. Um, anyway, yeah. So uh, under uh, Jiggery Pokery, uh, the Sonic, we had uh, the Sonic, we got a definition for the Sonic screwdriver or, or definition of what it does that was like way more technical than I've ever heard before. Yeah. The doctor said it interacts with any form of communication you care to mention. Sadly, trees don't communicate. And so there was this Except idea of... Um, but I love that idea. It interacts with any form of communication you care to mention. And (laughs) sadly, trees don't communicate. Trip goes and locks do. I was like, Uh, I don't think that's what it means. It exclusively interacts with communication fields. But, um, that was, that was pretty super specific trip. Uh, whose, whose note was this? This is mine. Okay. Uh, I think last year in biology, I heard this, but trees do communicate. So I looked it up. This is a quote from, uh, something dot Smith, com. smithonian no smithsonian the, yeah that's the one ah. magazine.com <laughs> uh to communicate through the network trees send chemical hormonal and slow pulsing electrical signals which scientists are just beginning to decipher so wow. trees do in fact communicate with, with each other electrical signals yeah now so trees me. think <gasps> no, they we must stop chopping them. <laughs> stop them. No, they're here to protect us. That's what we just That's learned. That's what I'm saying. We must stop Even chopping we, them down. Oh, stop oh, chopping yeah. them down. Oh, when you the Lorax all of a sudden. <laughs> Trip speaks for the trees. <laughs> uh, the TARDIS. I love. I love at the very beginning. Um, <laughs> so we had another one of these opening scenes where it was just like quippy dialogue, and Trip pauses and looks at me and goes, "What is happening? <laughs> Who is this girl? Are we hey. on Earth? Yeah, Where it was so are we?" Weird. Um, I like, so she walks in the doctor says, when you drink a can of soda, it's only this big, but it's got this much sugar in it. It works about like that. No, it's <laughs> no, yeah, that was great. It's not like what it. a can of, no. <laughs> uh, at one point, uh, she says something about, can't you just ask how to fix it or something? And he says, one of the drawbacks of being the last of your species, no one to ask when your TARDIS won't start. I thought that was like, just like destroy that little child with this piece of information. Like, it's like, wait, you're a human. I mean. <laughs> Maybe we're jumping a little ahead because this is more who's who, but why is the doctor so bad with children? I, yeah, right? He should be so good with them. Because yeah, he's so like goofy and playful. And good. Which one is Maeve? Just looking each yeah. one over. <laughs> Not only looking them in the face, but like looking them in the face and going, Maeve? Maeve? Like, Maeve? Are you seeing Are you Maeve? Are you Maeve? <laughs> like, but on the alien planet, he's like, cool is not cool. Like. That's what I'm saying. That's what he should like be there, like. In that, at that time, he was yeah. so good with kids. And and it, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just 12 as the crotchety old man again. But I don't know. It, it feels like it feels like even 11 was, was terrible with kids except for that episode. <laughs> except for the one that you're talking about there, which the, it escapes me now. Is that the time of the doctor? I think that's the time of the doctor. Yeah. Um, other than that, he is always terrible with children. And then I, and I said something to that effect. And one of you were like, and just like people. Yeah. <laughs> he is kind of t- like, how is he like <laughs> so simultaneously great with people and terrible with people? Yeah. Like, like you want to stay with him, but then there's those times where like, do you, do you know that 
Like, do you, you know, know anyone's name here yeah, in this like, room? Like, do you know what any of us are? Yeah, like, but then there's times where he's like, any? I remember everyone's name. You know, it's like, well, uh, no, you don't. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, rule one, the doctor lies. Or is it rule one, use your enemy's strength against them? That's I don't know. Sun Tzu or whatever. Not, you're thinking of the wrong thing. No, that's what Clara said was rule one of being the doctor. Oh. Use your enemy's strength against them. I thought you were talking about the art of war. Is that... It could be. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said that with a great amount of authority in your voice, and then you're like, I don't know. I'm just making up crap. I <laughs> just figured. I don't actually know things. He's <laughs> I pretend to know things. And Anyways. then <laughs> pretend it's a boy. <laughs> um, other stuff we noticed. I love the line, rapid aforestation. Yeah, that one. So the, yeah. the opposite of deforestation is apparently aforestation. Uh, Quote the doctor. Yes. <laughs> so that means... Slow afforestation is happening all the time. All the dang time. That's right. <laughs> uh, I love the line. I thought you said they were in love. Why are they shouting at each other? That's what people do when they're in love. Don't you know anything? And I'm like, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Uh, catastrophe. Oh, man. Catastrophes are the metabolism of the universe. Which sounds That sounds like something deep. Neil deGrasse really Tyson mean Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't mean anything? <laughs> what do you it mean? It absolutely does. If- Stars go supernova. Planets die and you know things explode and black holes suck everything in and catastrophes are the metabolism of the universe what is being metabolized the uh things exploding i guess (laughs) um sure if you he could have said they're the heartbeat of the universe it's just you know it would sound equally as poetic and mean literally no the same thing scientifically would be no less accurate okay (laughs) Uh, so who's who who is danny pink he went into soldier and teacher mode during the crisis did y'all notice that at the same time at the same time like okay going chop 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 let's go yeah yeah yeah, yeah, all right team team what team stop calling us team and then by the end of the time they're like they were totally yeah yeah yeah, we're a team now i love uh clara on the other hand goes into companion mode during crisis wow uh, she's like, all right, the first thing we got to figure out is who, what, and why. And he's like, uh, the first thing we got to do is get these kids to their parents. And she's like, oh, right. Yes, that. You know, like, mm-hmm. she's like, something weird's happening. She goes into. Save the planet again, you know. Right. She goes into companion mode. Whereas Danny's like, um, we're teachers. Yeah. And we've got kids with us on a field trip. Yeah, well, um, they were doing their job. I saved well. all of time and right. space by say by b- making the doctor. <laughs> I think I have m- more priorities. I've saved making. Oh, that's right. She did make the doctor basically. Yeah. <laughs> I've saved more planets than you've lived seconds. So sure, sure. Wow. wow. Okay. Sure, wow. Put that into perspective. Uh, heartbreaking Clara moment. She doesn't want to be the last of her kind. So she's going to stay Sad. on the planet and get just, eradi- just irradiated. Stomp on the doctor's heart. Until no she way. goes up with the doctor to watch the supernova and he says, well, I really sure hope this works. It would be funny <laughs> oh, if man. it didn't. It would be, you know, he's what? like, it'd be really awkward if like the whole planet died now. She's like, oh, what? <laughs> Wait, that's <laughs> the <laughs> possibility? Oh, yeah. I thought we had this all settled. Well, <laughs> I'm like 90, 90%. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe a rough eighty-five. <laughs> I'm thinking more. That's of like a whole five percent. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, who is the doctor? Uh, everyone, this is the doctor, <laughs> and we all looked at each other and went, "Isn't he the caretaker? Like, didn't, <laughs> like, <wait. laughs> didn't he spend like 
weeks at their <laughs> school as right. the caretaker? As the weird old caretaker right. yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, now, now, is this possibly a different school year? Maybe? So this I is guess, but game? also, like, you think these kids... Would, would know, know him, him too. Well, they still would have seen him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> climbing up on their like, window in you? the middle of Clara's class one time. I think they would have seen him. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It may have been a a different class. Yes. But they still would. He was still like the caretaker for like the whole school. So they they definitely would have seen him around. <laughs> so that like, hey, that reminds wait, aren't me. You the- <laughs> that reminds me. There's a little, as a little side note. There was a mention in the Wikia that. Uh, this episode was supposed to have taken place in 2016, which um, it, it aired in 2014. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you guys remember. Do you remember once upon a time we talked about how when Nine accidentally brought Rose back one year it later, that, that one year gap was never closed until like, I think during 11's time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or no, no, no. It was toward, I think it was toward the end of 10's time. So that when we got to 11, we were finally back on track. Or maybe it was, maybe it was the 11th hour when we finally got back on schedule or whatever, where the present in universe was the same as the present at a production level. So remember we talked about uh, Danny Pink talking to, uh, oh crap, now I can't think of the girl's name. I don't know which one. The 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 girl that went to the moon with him. Oh, I don't know. Um oh, the bad kid. The student. Yeah. yeah. Um anyways, yeah. uh she was talk uh, he was talking to her parents and they said something about last year you said such and such and he had spo- he was supposed to have been a new teacher so that meant that this episode was a year later. Well, apparently we've we have jumped another year in the meantime somewhere. Because she wasn't in that class. Who? The whatever Best. In this class so, right now, yeah. I mean, yeah, so. yeah. So we we've jumped another year. So we're we're in a position again where we're like out of sync at a production level with the, the in universe timeline, which is weird to think about in a time travel episode that occasionally takes place in the year five billion. Yeah, you know. So uh, we are two years uh, behind the show at this. point. Well, actually, we're ahead right now because we're watching this show. Oh my gosh, my brain hurts now. <laughs> They're we're, four years behind us. We are six years ahead of the air dates, which is two years behind the in-universe dates, which means my four brain still years. hurts. <laughs> four or so. Um, I love, love, love the scene where all the kids are invading the TARDIS and the doctor looks terrifying. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's what, like, like what, what is happening? Yeah, I love he goes, that's an antique. <laughs> I was like... Which, Technically, yeah, everything yeah, is an It's like a thousand or more years old, like twelve hundred or something. So, um, he says, "I can fight monsters." Call back to last week. Yeah. I, I am the the man who fights monsters. Mm-hmm. I can fight monsters. But I can't, can't fight, fight physics. physics. He's like, "There's nothing I can do. There's a solar flare coming. But it's going to wipe you." Apparently, out. the trees can by rapidly all growing at once and producing right. And, and this was really explained. Okay, I will say this. This was a moment that didn't make sense because. So remember in Kill the Moon. Yeah. Where Clara says, we've been to the future. The moon is there. Right. And the yeah. doctor's like, maybe it's a hologram. Maybe, maybe it it's another moon. Maybe y'all built one. Who knows? But this is what's happening right now. Right. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in this instance, it, she's like, but we've seen the future, right? There's there there wasn't a solar flare that wiped it out humanity. Be by but but that yeah. okay, but no. I mean, because so this far, is an occasion it where it can only be rewritten by time travelers. So exactly. You're trying to say the trees are time traveling, like no, 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 no. Because the the tree the the trees being there is what makes it all make sense. Yeah. Up until that point, it's there's a solar flare coming. It's going to wipe out humanity. I can fight monsters, but I can't fight physics. She goes, but we've been to the future, and he says all of those futures are about to die. And you're like. And okay, what? No. Because it's <laughs> physics, which means nobody caused it. Nobody's doing that to the earth. So, and he can't fight it. So, if he can't fight he it, no was, one ever fought it. So, there's no possible way it could have fought it. So, basically, there was no way they could have beat that. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, until the trees saved the day, yeah. he was totally cool with the idea that humanity was about to be wiped out. There was nothing he could do to stop it. And Clara was going to get wiped out with it. And Clara was going to get wiped out. But that's not how it ever happened. So why is he okay with this? Yeah. Why is he okay with this is happening, but it never happened before? Again, it's not like the Daleks showed up and wiped out humanity and he goes, well, crap. I guess they just changed history. As you guys just said. They are, you know, as I said in the recap, they did nothing. So the time travel did not have any impact here. Why was he okay with the fact that humanity was getting wiped out and that all the futures, all the potential futures that they've been to were going to die? How was he okay with that? I I don't know. Just so they could have tension and be like, Uh, oh, no, the earth uh, is going to die. Hang on. That's true. I just had a thought, though. Did it hurt? Or did you like (laughs) You're like, hang on. <laughs> so what's your thought? What? Careful. How does the plan with the oxygen work whatsoever? You're not stopping the fire. You're just making more fuel source. <laughs> what? So you don't what burn off oxygen is... and suddenly the fire is gone. That's right. the opposite right. of what happens. And, and the doctor even said the the solar flare burns off the excess oxygen. The solar flare doesn't know that there's excess oxygen. It burns off all of it. It knows there's oxygen and then it will burn that oxygen. This it is not know anything. It's not, it's not sentient. It's just energy. Well, yeah, and it's not like it's not like, you know, shields on Star Trek where, you know, the shields are down to 47%. It's not like we have to build up enough oxygen <laughs> that we can take the hit of the solar flare yeah. until it passes. The fire will just keep burning. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like trying to prevent a forest fire by throwing down more dry pine straw. And then waiting for the <laughs> fire saying, to burn off the, the excess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fire exactly, stuff. because the, 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 the fire will know once it has burned off all of the excess pine straw, it will know to stop. Or, wow. or let's maybe we're not assigning sentience here to the fire. It's just that there's only so much fire. <laughs> so if we can provide enough pine straw that it can let the limited amount of fire burn burn off, then it will protect the underlying ground cover and, and trees. And then so surprise, they will not be burned. All that straw makes more fire. Yeah, wait a minute. This is the opposite of what we expected to happen. That's a very good point. I was thinking the same thing. And then, of course, the, the trees just made themselves flame-proof, which almost implies right, that normally right. they decide to be able to be lit on fire. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait. wait a minute. 
wait a minute. It really had nothing to do with the episode. They didn't, they <laughs> didn't make <laughs> themselves invincible. They made it so that we can chop them down and burn them down. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I mean, <laughs> They Aside from just so can randomly them. growing way faster than they ever should, they also just made themselves flame retardant. How does that work? <laughs> they're just totally they're, okay and, with us chopping down okay. like millions All right. All right, of guys. them. I've just come up with a way <laughs> to prevent you from ever getting sick. <laughs> I, I've come up with a cure for cancer. What is it? Okay. So we're going to use it this week. <laughs> and then we're going to go back to being susceptible to cancer. Is everybody cool with that? <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's the plan. Okay? We've got a job to do this week <laughs> yeah. that involves surviving cancer. But then after that, we can go back to just dying of cancer. Is everybody cool with yeah, that? Okay, That's okay. the conversation the tree's at. And then, and okay, then here's now the plan. We figured out how to not catch fire today only. <laughs> and then here's the plan. Just decide not to have cancer, and somehow that works. <laughs> what? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's not that we found a cure for cancer. We said, okay, this week, guys, nobody accept cancer. <laughs> nobody catch cancer. <laughs> just when it happens, just say no. And when it comes to you, say no. And then it worked. And then it worked, yeah. I love no, the doctor saying, jerks. I am Dr. Idiot. I just love it when the doctor is like, stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, and then, as we mentioned before, the doctor says it's a, it's a human superpower, forgetting. If you f- remember how everything felt, you'd have stopped having wars. And it's like, oh, that's the secret. And then he goes, and stopped having babies. Oh, well. And stopped eating. I think that wars one doesn't really work because, obviously, I can't remember feelings that happened before my time on Earth. That's just... No, we're not supposed to. I think he means humanity, not a human being individually. No, we are, we're born with our parents' memories. Duh. Yeah, duh. duh. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, can you imagine? <laughs> if you were born knowing everything that your parents knew and like you didn't have to. And what that in everything your parents knew includes what their parents knew. Right. Well, okay. It'd be a great way to so have I'm going to let you in on a secret. Of human knowledge I'm going to let you in on a secret. Mind, but. That's what language does. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> That's why humanity. Uh, is is kicking butt right now because, <laughs> because every dog has to learn you know don't uh you know uh don't i'm trying to think of an example fire, don't, don't pee on the electric fence you know um <laughs> yes yes don't don't touch fire well, there's no there's no parent there to say fire bad don't no touch <laughs> um they don't go to doggy school and learn all of the things that all of the dogs before them learned luckily and therefore stand on the shoulders of giant dogs and reach for new heights. <laughs> All right, guys, News in the Hoobian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you're finding value in what we do, we help you enjoy your enjoyment even more, and you want to br- uh, send a little value back our way, here's what you can do. Head over to noobsinthehoobian.com slash support. You can find all kinds of awesome ways, one-off ways. Why is to, uh, I was going to say dedicate? That's not right. I mean, you could. You could sponsor an episode and dedicate it to somebody you love or somebody you hate. <laughs> Wait. Fairly countering. I'm, to, I'm sure. trying to, in the spur of the moment, come up with a great example of how that would work. And I got nothing. I really don't think it would. I mean, here I could be like, to- 
This episode is dedicated to this jerk that I knew a couple years ago who doesn't listen to this podcast. That guy sucks. <laughs> Go hate on him. Signed, the listener. Um, at any rate, guys, you can sponsor an episode. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Dedicate it to, some, to, to somebody that you love. Uh, sponsor an episode, sponsor a season, or you can become a monthly contributor. That's our favorite way. You can start for as little as a dollar a month as a Fez patron. Yes, we never have updated <laughs> the names of the Patreon levels. Uh, Didn't we say the next person that chooses it? <coughs> Yep, still waiting. Still waiting, guys. Yeah, $5 a month makes you a bowtie patron, and because bowties are cool, you'll get a shout-out on the show every week. At $15 a month, you become a hosting host, uh, not only getting a shout-out on the show, but you'll have an opportunity to be a host because you're ho- you are covering our hosting costs. By the way, I say hosting costs, and I'm like a website guy, so I assume everybody knows what that means. Yeah. Hosting <laughs> is where we upload these episodes onto a website and... It costs money to have that sitting there. The internet isn't free. <laughs> People think it's free. Not the internet's not free. free. So we have to we we pay a monthly uh, subscription uh, to be able to host our information there, our podcast episodes, um, as well as our our website itself. And so fifteen dollars a month, you'll help us uh, cover the hosting costs of just the podcast episodes themselves. And so to say thanks, we'll allow you on as a guest host for an episode. Uh, if you remember, Victor was able to do that a little while back and, uh, he's still sponsoring as well. So join Victor, Jared and James and become a monthly sponsor, uh, today. All right. So, uh, Corbin wants to talk about something. Uh, the Tungus, easy for you to say the Tunguska incident. Tunguska incident. That's a capital T. Which, oh, well, whatever. Because it happened over Tunguska. No one sees these notes, okay? So it's fine if grammar I put them on the website. Oh, wait. You do, don't you? I do. <laughs> Which okay. goes into the podcatchers. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it not matter. Did you guys think that these notes were not being published? Because they are. <laughs> oh, no. What have you been putting in the notes? <laughs> no, but... Um, Tunguska. Anyways, when he mentioned this, that just, like, sparked my curiosity yeah that's the one um what, <laughs> yeah what did he say specifically one. he said like that should have thrown the earth off its axis or something right so like what? i did research and that is a total load of bullcrap <laughs> first of all i didn't hear anything referencing the fact that it even could have remotely done that but um estimates for how large that was ranges from 10 to 30 megatons of TNT and you're Okay, you explain what you're talking about. The because okay. the doctor said the Tunguska incident fair and yeah. didn't uh just so, assumed everybody knew what that was. Like 1908 over Tunguska, Russia. Uh some asteroid basically it exploded. It didn't even hit the earth. It exploded in midair and it was just a massive explosion. It leveled tons of trees, maybe killed a few people. But, um, problem was only a few people saw it and there was no, like, instruments nearby yeah, to measure it was the effects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, we've been, there was a study in this year, 2020, trying to reaffirm how big it actually was. So, like I said, estimates range from 10 to 30 megatons of TNT. And a normal nuclear blast is 50 megatons. So, if that so collision... So, if a nuke will knock us uh, off our Yeah, axis. if that collision would have knocked us off the axis, then every single atomic I'm, bomb we've ever blown up would have done the same thing as well. I'm just going to point out that 
it should have knocked us off our axis, except that the trees. Yeah, remember? but also we like blow up nukes in, in like, middle of desert. nowhere, desert Utah. No, no, no. The reason no that it was 20 or 30 megatons is because the trees. That's not how it That's why it was or... only that big. Yeah, because they threw enough oxygen at it. <laughs> <laughs> that it stopped its impact. The stupidest stuff I've ever it, it, it burned off the other 200 megatons <laughs> worth of explosion <laughs> and absorbed it. So that it didn't knock us off kilter. Yeah. That's that's what happened. It melted yeah. it with it's airness. Science. With air. Air. <laughs> it just so, blasted the rock thing with I, air. Yeah, Basically, so my point was that. Has, so has, has um, Ungenius done an episode on this? I have no idea. I'm only you gotta, like you halfway through their catalog. Yeah, you ought to look because they this is have. this is a, a, a great one. Shall um, we look now? I don't know. Maybe. Go for it. Uh, we, we just started listening to a podcast called Ungenius. Highly recommended. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. Um, basically, it's it, it's kind of like, um, what's that? Hashtag not sponsored. Not sponsored. They don't need us to sponsor them. They're way oh, bigger yeah. than they uh, They're probably doing all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They, they, they kind of do deep dives on Wikipedia and talk about like interesting articles that they have found um, and things like that. And uh, this, this sounds like it's the kind of thing that would be right up their alley. So if they haven't done one, Oh, you know what? They take, uh, they take um, uh, suggestions. So if yeah. you don't find it in their back catalog, Corbin, you need to email them I'm and tell them noobs in the Whovian said, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The entire listening audience of noobs in the Whovian, both of them want to hear it. Okay. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I'm see it. But. Uh, yeah, so at any rate, um, it, it, that, he was referencing an actual event there um, that, uh, according to him, the reason – I mean, it's like saying that uh, – I'm not trying to at all belittle your research, except that I'm going to. Um, <laughs> that would be like saying, um, actually, uh, it, there's uh, plenty of evidence that the dinosaurs were in fact wiped out by an asteroid and not a uh, cargo ship that crashed down. And, you know, it's like, of course it's not. It was, you know, it was Doctor Who. Duh. Uh, Something right. interesting I mm. did see, though, was that, that in, I think it was a comic book or a story, it was mentioned that the Tunguska incident was actually caused by the TARDIS. <laughs> So caused by how was that? Uh, okay, maybe I can <laughs> find the exact quote. I closed the page, but um, oh, how dare you? Let's see. Here it is. The account. No, wait, that's the wrong thing. Cool story, bro. <laughs> Crap, I can't find. Was it. it like part of the TARDIS fell off or something, or well, specifically or half off, of the TARDIS? Okay. <laughs> wow. In actuality. Half of the TARDIS, uh, that I kind of, the meteor was in actuality half of the TARDIS. Half it had split TARDIS. in half when time rammed itself. The energy released from the impact caused the Great Divide to open in Russia. What? Uh, <laughs> this is a comic? I think, no. Okay, wait a minute. It was a prose. <laughs> birthright. Okay, but so that's a novel. When time rammed itself. <laughs> what? Rammed? Yes. R A M M E D. There's a link here. Let's see. The time ram. The time <laughs> ram. Where time rammed itself? Oh no! Hang on. A time oh, ram was what happened if two tortoises attempted to <laughs> occupy the exact same time and space. Wait, we've seen that before. We've seen the that. tortoise has landed it has inside of the before. tortoise. But this happened in an episode. 
the time monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the five doctors, the five doctors Tardises all like were in the same spot. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, wait a minute. we have found what an inconsistency the... in Doctor Who. Trent's <laughs> <laughs> face right now. What? Hang on, this picture though is really, really strange. Okay. Well, throw, it, throw it in the show notes the and I'll. Time monster. Oh, okay. Do you, can you see this? I cannot. Let me, let me just copy this image and. Throw okay. It. This makes for great radio. I so, know. Uh, guys, let's <laughs> let's move on down to uh, the classic Who connection and hear what Jared has to say this week. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for In the Forest of the Night. Now, we've seen the Doctor talk about the human's knack for forgetting major events, especially extraterrestrial events. Uh, we saw, we've seen that a few times in New Who, and I only know of this happening once in Classic Who. That was in the serial Remembrance of the Daleks with the Seventh Doctor. Uh, but really, what he... The point he made in that episode was that humans have the capacity for self-deception. Same concept, just uh, sort of different, um, different reasoning, different outcome, uh, rather than just totally forgetting about it. Uh, it. It's that they delude themselves into thinking, well, that didn't really happen or it was something else. Uh, so um, solar flares have threatened the Earth many, many times throughout Doctor Who, uh, and, and many of those were classic Who serials. They, I guess they liked that uh, trope as, a, as, as a, uh, an impending threat uh, for, for the reasons of why they were doing what they were doing. So we had the first Doctor uh, with the serial The Ark. We had the fourth Doctor with the serial The Ark in Space. And we had the sixth Doctor uh, with the serial The Mysterious Planet. Uh, but that was not Earth where it is. That was and and the sun that we know. That was Earth that was moved by the Time Lords and relocated, and then uh, under danger of solar flares. So both of the Ark episodes had similar concepts to what the Doctor and Clara were kind of talking about uh, doing uh, towards the end there when they thought the Earth was doomed and uh, I guess everyone was just going to die together. Um, but uh, the they were thinking, you know, Clara convinced the Doctor, oh, well, we could use the TARDIS in order to get him back into the TARDIS, but we could use the TARDIS to save some people and get them off the Earth. Uh, so basically the arc was a similar and both arc episodes similar idea we'll build a giant spaceship get everyone off of the earth and therefore the uh, race will continue on will survive and they'll escape the imminent destruction of earth all right here's an interesting tidbit there's a bus in this episode you guys may have already talked about this but there's a bus in the episode that advertises se season eight of doctor who so it's advertising doctor who within the episode of doctor who in the serial, Remembrance of the Daleks, back to the Seventh Doctor, Remembrance of the Daleks, uh, we've got that serial was airing on the same day that the Doctor Who TV movie premiered. Um, so there was a, a, a TV in the background that was introducing a new science fiction adventure Doc, and then it cut off before finishing Doctor Who. But so we have a TV speaking about uh, Doctor Who while in an episode of Doctor Who. That's the short of it. And uh, the past solar flares that the Doctor was talking about that should have 
knocked the earth off its uh, axis and all that business, but for some reason it was saved. I could not find those as references from Classic Who, as, as episodes of Classic Who. Even though they mentioned solar flares, they were not connected uh, to the solar flares that they, they were uh, that he was talking about in the early 1900s, like 1908, something like, like that. So those were not Classic Who connections. So this is the Classic Who connections and non-connection this week. So I enjoyed the episode. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, an, an interesting one. I, it was kind of more of a, uh, uh, you guys have probably said, or at least I think, the character episode for Clara. Uh, and uh, they're focusing more about them uh, and, and their their experience there. But um, it, it, it lost some uh, points for the ending. I thought it was a solid story. I thought it was an interesting concept. Okay, they're using the solar flare trope, flare trope again, but... Uh, interesting to see these trees that have grown up overnight and solving the mystery. Love that classic British uh, uh, storytelling uh, concept there. But it lost it for me in the ending. The fact that trees creating like an airbag with all the extra oxygen, I don't know. That that seemed to fall flat to me. So I'm giving it 7 out of 10 Earth airbags. And uh, for the creep levels... Not a whole lot that was creepy. Kind of creepy to have a little girl chased by wolves and uh, the, the tiger coming out and everything. Um, kind of curious. Can you scare a tiger off with a flashlight? Would like to know if that was true or not. Anyway, but creep levels on the lower side. I can't decide. 50, 75. I'll just call it 75 creep levels there. But uh, not really all that creepy. So thank you to the TARDIS Wikia and thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. All right. Thanks, Jared. Um, I did have um, one thing that uh, I wanted to uh, sort of circle back around to. Jared was saying uh, the uh, the in-universe reference to the show Doctor Who where he was talking about Remembrance of the Daleks. First of all, we're about to do that episode yeah. or that, oh, that yeah. story. Um, we're going to do that after the series finale next week. And uh, so we'll actually get to see that. But secondly, um, I think the the way the Wikia worded this was awkward and weird. Um, so Jared said in his segment that uh, this episode aired at the same time that the, the TV movie was airing. Um, and it was, again, it was something about the way the Wikia phrased it. Um, and I was like, that doesn't sound right because that didn't happen while the seventh doctor was still on the air. Yeah. Um, so w- <clears throat> what happened was the episode uh, remembrance of the Daleks begins in 1963 and it takes place on the same day that the show premiered. So you remember, oh. remember un- an unearthly child was in like November of yeah. 1963. That's what it is. Ah. So, He's okay. back at Trotter's uh, Trotter's Lane, where the the TARDIS originally we yeah. we first see the TARDIS in the very first episode. They are back there at that time, and so while they're in <laughs> in 1963 London, a TV says, "And now for an exciting new science fiction adventure, Doc." And then it, it cuts away. So it sounds like they're about to announce Doctor Who, and then and then it cuts away. So that's I, when uh, when Jared was saying that, I was like, "Wait, wait, what? What happened?" <laughs> so, and like I said, in a couple of weeks, we'll actually get to uh, see that actually happen. So I'm curious now 
it's one of those things where we're talking about it a whole bunch now in this episode. Yeah. But is it something that just like barely happens in the background yeah. and you had to be paying attention to notice it? And <laughs> I'll be curious to, to see what happens there. So uh, let's see. Does that bring us down to our overall impressions? It does. All right. So Jared gave it seven out of 10 earth airbags, <laughs> which I thought was, I thought that was great. Um, he, he did not buy the uh, oxygen yeah, airbag no, for Earth I, I uh, either. So uh, who, who, wants, who wants to go next? Who wants to start us off? I guess I'll go. Um, I'm going to go a little higher than that. I'm going to give it eight invincible trees. Invincible. It's, they can literally make themselves resistant to flames. And, and then reason. disappear like little fireflies. Yeah, and then, <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> Turn into fireflies that fly out into space for some reason. <laughs> I, there's there's just two things I want to hit on before I give my rating. A, I thought it was kind of weird that like, it seemed like they kind of ran out of things to do about halfway through the episode where they started like adding in fairy tale plot points. <laughs> like, yeah, like the tiger from the story, of- the wolves, and it suddenly becomes Red Riding Hood and Hansel and Gretel, <laughs> she's leaving this trail behind. And it's like And also we're why? scared of the forest. Yeah. Well, okay, so actually Corbin, what you're picking up us? on is that there was a fairy tale theme throughout the episode. But it was just normal Earth London. Right. Except trees except magic which is how fairy tales work i guess that's the whole point yeah because he even says like he says it at the beginning as you were alluding to trip that like humanity is is terrified of the forest and that's why it's in all the fairy tales like that's why it's the scary part maybe that's why merlin always starts still just weird like you Uh, mean to tell me that the wolves escaped from the zoo and are now hunting down a girl in a red coat what the crap what are we (laughs) and tigers are now a tiger comes up and yeah, it scares away the what burning six bright in the forest of the night. I, yeah, it was like two or three. Yeah, I don't know. And then the Get second scared thing away I by a flashlight. Out. Yeah, that too. That was that was interesting. So, uh, but, but why? Why was her sister there at the end, creepily hiding behind a bush? None of that. Okay, and then stands okay. up. You mean to tell oh, me? Hi. That, that suddenly the whole world is taken over by a forest and somehow in that day she makes it back decides to come back to her house and no makes it back there. it's because Maeve said if you're out there come home yeah so she goes home all the trees disappear except, except some bush these. She so, so she decides spot. to get except behind the bush a bush yeah and <laughs> She decides to get behind it and sit there and stare until her family comes home. <laughs> and then... And stare. And then, when they get home, I guess unbeknownst to what she thought would happen, the bush disappears. Wait. And then she stands huh? up and it's like, I'm home. And it's like... Oh, oh hi there. Why? I, Why I didn't she was, just come home normally? Why was she behind I, a bush? <laughs> Why was she so... It was magical. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I think it was an attempt, an overzealous attempt to make it a happily ever after fairy tale ending. No. That I that did not buy. Overzealous. Because mm. I didn't, I, I'm going to be honest, I did not think that the sister was alive. Yeah, I'm like, for half a second. The entirety like, of the episode, I, I assumed that she yeah. was like. It's like, oh, she ran away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I literally said, "Oh, so she ran away?" Oh, because I thought thought it was like she died, or like, or or 
they talked about her getting missing. lost. So yeah, I thought it was like she got kidnapped and died. Well, maybe she did get lost. And then she decided to come back. I don't well, know. Hi. Uh, yeah. Suddenly so, the world so being a forest weird. made it easier to find her way home. <laughs> uh, yeah. Apparently. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I didn't get that. So did you give your so, rating? I, seven out of ten girls hiding in bushes. <laughs> um, I thought overall it was, it was a, it was a pretty good episode. There were some fun moments. Yeah. Um, there was obviously, as we said, some dumb moments. This is not one. <laughs> That at all stands out in my mind. I this was again one where I'm watching it going, I got nothing. I think I have no idea what's gonna happen next week for sure. Huh? <laughs> I think I'm gonna forget this by next week for sure. Uh yeah. Like, um so I, but it was still fun. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna split the difference. I'm gonna go seven point five out of ten Tunguskas. And uh Jared gave it seventy five out of five hundred creep levels uh trip. Wow. Uh, nothing happened. There was nothing scary <laughs> there was a tiger. I mean, Oh no! <laughs> yeah, but then they just beat it with a flashlight, right? Yeah, and then eyeballs. ooh, spooky wolves. Yeah, ah. this one was not trying to be no. creepy at all. I'm oh, just man. gonna go twenty. I don't know. It's really weird. nothing scary. Gordon, uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna say twenty-two. I mean, twenty-two, not, not tw- twenty, also. <laughs> twenty, also. twenty as well. Twenty. Also. No, I would not go stupidly specific like <laughs> <laughs> stupidly specific. Um, when Trip used to be like 273 and a half. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we also used to break down like, all right, 20 points for this and 13 points for that. And uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I'll, I'll just oh, I'll I say. Try put 22. And they call me for 22. <laughs> all right, I'm giving it 22. <laughs> Not 20 also. I'm going to give it 22. I'm going to give it 22 too. 22 out of 500 levels. Uh, 22 yeah, there out wasn't, of two. There, there wasn't anything creepy here, and there wasn't supposed to be. So, theories. Yeah. Uh, so, we got to see Missy again. Again. Uh, did we learn surprised anything? surprised that the Missy? Earth didn't die. die. What did she think was going to happen? Oh, she was like, like that surprising. is surprising. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> anything to be gleaned? We learned from? that she has cameras in space and apparently everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we she learned that shot. she has a desktop as well as an iPad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I just realized that. She got that shot from like wide angle from shot space. of the earth. That's what Trip's saying. She has cameras in space. Yeah. Oh wait, no, that's the exact shot that we were looking at on the TARDIS. So she has access to the TARDIS. I wonder camera. How far back from the Earth do you have to be for it not to be your entire field of view? I don't know. Ninety million. I mean, miles. I guess on the ISS, uh-huh. it's not their whole field of view. So yeah, it is. I guess is it? Oh, they can't see the whole circle of the Earth now. Oh. Like maybe half their field of view, but so that's I just because of the angle. If they point, if light. you look straight down from the ISS, you're, yeah. you can't even see the whole of the surface of the Earth in front of you. Ah, so yeah. you do gotta be far. Back. The ISS is surprisingly close to Earth. Yeah, it is not I mean, as high as other, I think. Geosynchronous. You see it if you look close enough or something like that, you get a telescope yeah, and telescope, see the yeah. ISS. But like like geosynchronous satellites are like way higher than the ISS. Yeah, so. I mean, granted, the ISS is a lot higher above the surface than I am, so I'm not I'm like, ragging on them or anything. But it's a lot closer than than you would think, so or that I thought. I don't know. Uh, so no, no new thoughts on Missy in Heaven. I mean, they mm-hmm. didn't give us anything. Yeah, I, I'm really, I really disappointed. Maybe she's in the last two episodes where it's like they literally. I think they recorded those two scenes in the same five minute span. Yeah, probably. Um, they're like, all right, put down the iPad. Now look at this screen. Um, one take that should be good enough. All right, let's go. Yeah. And like I said, guys, I, I remember 
Whovians that are listening, I remember, I remember the big thing, but, and I, and I'm saying the big thing and I may be miscategorizing that. I, I remember a specific thing. Maybe it was just a thing. I remember a specific thing and everybody knows what I'm talking about that knows what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but, um, no, but other than that, I, I apparently have failed to remember any details and was, was thinking that we were going to get more breadcrumbs along the way. And we definitely, uh, breadcrumbs like in Hansel and Gretel. Uh, didn't, uh-huh. didn't mean to do that. But here's the thing that really ticks me off is like we had at the beginning of the season, we had like scenes with Missy. Yeah. And then this it turned into a two nothing. second clip. Yeah. Then it turned into like nothing for weeks. And then it was, yeah, here's a shot over her shoulder looking at an iPad and one line <laughs> and no one else is there. So, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I've, I've been disappointed, but, um, well, but next next week we got a two parter, so it's the end of the season. So we're obviously this has got to come to some kind of a head, uh, unless I unless I'm forgetting that this is a two season <laughs> teaser and five <laughs> seasons. Maybe from nothing now. ever comes of it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. ever happens. Next season we don't see her. Tease. Next season we don't see her, and then you know the next season there was a new writer, <laughs> new showrunner. They're like, ah, screw Missy. That damn, we're not worried about that. That's <laughs> a stupid plot line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, for listener input, uh, Christina chimed in again. She's been she, man. She's becoming a regular. We're gonna oh, have yeah. to have like Christina's corner here in a little bit. <laughs> uh, Christina had this feedback on her episode on Flatline. She had three points. Number one, the Doctor ends up naming the baddie of the week. Uh, is this a connection to the Shakespeare Code episode? Knowing the name of your enemy gives you power over them, right? And I was like, holy crap, I forgot all about that. I mentioned yeah. that last week, that it seemed very Harry Potter-ish, very like wizardy. I command yeah. you. But I forgot that happened in the Shakespeare Code. <laughs> knowing yeah, your enemy's name. weird thing that... Huh? Now, what was the Shakespeare Code? I don't even remember that episode. There was like... It was, was like the one with it the was ghosts? like there were actual witches or something. Yeah, <laughs> like the witches in the play turned out to be oh, real yeah, witches they, or something. They had science magic. It was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Words and it made science exactly. And then they had the very it made science. And then they had the very intricate theater that like yes, it was an octagon and a wormhole to something. Uh-huh. Yep. Or, yep. <laughs> And like yes, that. and and in that episode, we found out that knowing the name of your enemy does give you power over them, which again is a magic principle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Just good good callback, Christina. To those enemies, I'm sure, but that's right. Uh, well, they were in fact science witches, as you said. I love they said words, and it made science. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best they did to explain it. That's so. pretty much all it was. Uh, her second point, negotiations have not gone well. This is this is the continuing chicken saga. Uh, nego- <laughs> negotiations have not gone well. Apparently, our HOA will not allow chickens to be raised <laughs> in the backyard. Who could have guessed? And my husband is completely opposed to raising them in the guest room. I have accused him of hating science and the pursuit of knowledge, but quite honestly, I'm relieved. I really didn't want to be responsible for cleaning that mess. <laughs> Uh, leave that last line off, Christina. D- never tell your husband that. Just, just yeah. uh, gracefully, <laughs> you know, concede the 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 loss and and say you owe me one, and, and then you're good. <laughs> uh, number three, she said, very interested in hearing about this opportunity with the bank in Cambodia. <laughs> 
so, oh man, I responded to her. I can't remember what I said. I basically, I think I told her like, don't worry, Christina, we'll let you in on the ground floor with this opportunity in Cambodia uh, from the, the spam that I was reading. Last week. So, that brings us down to the game plan guys. Next week, we are finishing up series eight with the two parter finale episodes 11 and 12 dark water and then death in heaven. So as I said, mm-hmm. this has got to come to a head. We got to get some yeah. I hope. Um, after that, we have a classic who, oh, by the way, the next time was kind of like, whoa, Clara is not real. Evil Clara. Yeah, I guess. Basically. Clara but, was never real. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That. She said that. Uh, so <laughs> after that, was. we, as we alluded to, we have a classic who rewind episode covering the seventh doctor adventure remembrance of the Daleks. So this is season 25 episodes one through four. So uh, do your best to to get a hold of that. Um, I imagine that is still uh, on BritBox. You know, I don't think since we moved from watching it on Prime, remember when Doctor Who left Prime, that was only New Who. I think all of Classic Who is still on BritBox, which is available through Prime. So don't forget to head over mm. to noobsinthewhoobian.com and click on the BritBox uh, link. It's in the sidebar and it's in... Um, any episodes where we're talking about it, um, you can go there and click that. You can get, uh, if you've never done BritBox, you can get a free subscription uh, for like seven days free trial. That's plenty of time to watch these four episodes. Um, but there's also, you know, other great stuff there. There's all like all of Classic Who, and then there's uh, a bunch of other um, British comedies. I think, if I remember correctly, Jared turned on BritBox for a Classic Who connection we were doing and then left it on. Because he's like, this is all the stuff I was watching when I was over there. Yeah. It's amazing. So he loves it. Um, but if you use our link, uh, we get a little bit of support for that. It doesn't change your price at all. So go to noobsinthewhovian.com and click on the BritBox banner and get started with that. Um, after that, uh, I believe we have a uh, Christmas special, right? Uh, next Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so in fact, we will be doing the Christmas special last Christmas. Uh, we'll be, <laughs> And we're going to be doing that in... Uh, November 8th and then we will blow through uh, season 9 and just in time to do the next Christmas special on January 17th. (laughs) Mm. So we're going to do Christmas in November and then we'll have Christmas (laughs) and then we'll have Christmas in January. (laughs) So um, and then jumping right over even better even better even better so we're, we're really looking down the down the pike here on the schedule we'll do Christmas episode in November. Then we have Christmas. Then we have a, uh, a uh, Chris, the next Christmas episode will be January 17th. That's when that one is scheduled to air for us. Then we're going to do finally the eighth doctor, Dr. Who, the movie. And then the next episode we do will be a Christmas episode <laughs> because Wow. They had a year where there was no Doctor Who. So you go Christmas We're episode. Have a bunch of Christmas, Christmas episode. episode. Yes. It's not quite so we close are, enough to Christmas. We are literally going to do Christmas in November, then we'll have Christmas, and then in January we'll do two Christmas episodes. <laughs> so all that to say that in middle of December we'll be doing a timey wimey. And we're going to do Interstellar. We're not doing a Christmas time <laughs> this year. Partly because um, I, I don't know of any other ones. Exist. Yeah, yeah, I don't know of any other ones. Yeah. By the way, if you know of a Christmas timey-wimey that you would like us to cover uh, in the future. Next uh, year. Yeah, <laughs> next year, 2021, uh, let us know. And then, um, yeah, and then we'll hit uh, another Christmas one in May. So it's going to be... <laughs> 
It's going to be a lot of Christmas (laughs) in a six month period. We're going to do four Christmas episodes (laughs) in six months time. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what's uh, that's what's coming up, and then we'll be then we'll be on to uh, the next season and and just doing our regular stuff. So guys, Noobs in the Hoovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks, as always, to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. And shout-outs to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian or Twitter.com slash Noobs you can email us directly at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at noobsandthehoovian.com slash support. If you go over to noobsandthehoovian.com, you can find all of these links plus more, including our full show notes. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, I'm the Whovian, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the noobs. And my name is Austin, and until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. Be